They got Gregory Soto. Uh, automatically becomes the best Soto in all of baseball. Hundred percent. Can't like, think of another one that that even you know compares to him. So, um, you know, it, we have been talking in the last couple of podcasts of like, all right, they got Kimbrel, and he start going through it, and it's like, yeah, Kimbrel, Stranthy. It's Yabra. literally how we ended the last pod. I was like, Jack, this is the one area. I'm like, do they have enough here? <laughs> yeah. And then I guess Dave was like, hey. I listened to the pod. I kind of agree. <laughs> like, I, I kind of agree. So, um, I just love that absolutely no one cares about the Eagles clinching the one seed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gregory Soto is at the top of everyone's brain. Um, and James, this stat was thrown out yesterday by uh, so oh, good. 81% of left-handed through 100-mile-an-hour fastballs last year were thrown by Jose Alvarado and now Gregory Soto. Um, you know, it's so funny, James, because I believe that the the foundation of this podcast for the first three, four years that we did it was just give me guys to throw hard and have, like, ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff. And now you start going through the entire bullpen, and it's just stuff on stuff on stuff, slider, cutter, 98, 99. And it's like, what universe? Like, dude, three years ago, we were watching Mike Morin and, like, Blake Parker split their way to like whatever it, 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 we have come so far. Um, and, and Gregory Soto, I, I can't wait, dude. I, I can't wait. And, you know, we talked last podcast about, I, I, I kind of felt like they're going to name Kimbrel the closer. This, this signing just confirms that they're just, they're going to go with whatever works yep. every single night, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it's, Sarantini. Well, they can. They can. They have. They, they like, actually really, can. Yeah, they got like matchup like guys now. Like you can really like play it by what you need to do and and do it the right way. Like it's it's a really well put together pen where the all the kind of strengths and weaknesses work together. You know, arms, well, all it, of it. And you know the the the, the lefties, I mean, Jack. We got like three lefties who we feel good about. What the hell is that, dude? I mean, you want to talk about living in an alternate universe? Yeah. Um. We're at a point now where, uh, let's say, Sir Anthony or um, Kimbrell pitched two days in a row, and it's like, oh, we're going for three straight wins. Like, would hate to lose the momentum. It's like, hey, let's just throw Gregory Soto and close out the game. Yeah, you know, 30, that, 30 saves last year. No big deal. Well, because, like, because <laughs> at the last couple of years, it was like, oh my God, if Sir Anthony gets hurt. Like, we have no one that can get the last three innings, three yeah. outs of a ball game, you know? And we, we would have to, like, go with whoever to close out a game. And now we're sitting here. There's, four guys that, that you could have theoretically yeah. close out a close out a, a game. Um, it's insane. And I mean, on paper, it's far and away the best bullpen of my life. You know, I mean, obviously the, the 08 bullpen, they ended up being the best bullpen that we've seen. Um, but just stuff wise, just talent wise, just um, depth wise. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to fathom James. They're, 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 they're top seven right now. This is before even getting to the interesting names. Is Sir Anthony Soto, Alvarado, Kimbrel, Bellotti, Brogdon, Strong? I, mean, I trust every single one of those guys. Like, I trust every dude. I, I, any guy comes in, I'm like, yeah, they can get outs for me. Like, what is that? Jack, when we, we never, Mike Morin was throwing 60 mile per hour curveballs, Jack. Like, we were sitting there, like, what, what am I? You hated him. That made you so sad. Mike Morin being on the Phillies, like, broke your heart and soul. Like, that was the exact. Uh, like symbol of all that was wrong with the Phillies at that moment for you, Mike Moore. Well, it's because he, he just had nothing. Like, he I know. Had, like he just had he had he had no stuff, and that's what I hated. I hated guys that didn't have stuff. But like, I'm looking over it, James. I mean, 
Tommy Hunter, Blake Parker, yeah. Adam Morgan, Brandon oh. Workman, oh. David Hale, Ramon Rosso, Heath Hembry, oh. David Phelps, Dealey's Guerra, who ended up being pretty good last year, Reggie McLean, <laughs> Trevor Kelly, Austin Davis. Mauricio Olivero. Davis. That was our lefty. We had Austin Davis Austin coming. Davis. Wow. I mean, think about it. Think yeah. about how far we've come. You want to talk about things that we've deserved, things that we've earned, like things that you know, we've we've gone through. Oh, the we've earned, buddy. We've <laughs> earned. We had we've earned this, this. We had the single worst bullpen in the history of baseball. There was like the Phillies have, have a, a lot of records for the worst things. The most, <laughs> the most losses. I feel like they've had the most errors. They've had like the least innings started by starters or whatever. And here we are. And they've sort of built a super-ish bullpen. <laughs> yeah, dude. And and that's the thing, too, is coming off the World Series and seeing how that played out. Like one of the biggest, if not the biggest reason the Astros beat the Phillies was because of the bullpen. It was the best bullpen we've seen, and they just shut it down time and time again when they needed to. That 3-2 game, obviously the no-hitter, the last game, like, it was just over. It was, other than game one, it was over when they went to the pen. And, man, to your point, I honestly, I, like, it's hard for me to believe that this bullpen is this good, Jack. I'm so used to, to not trusting guys coming in from the pen on a consistent basis. And to your point, like there's seven deep and that's even before we get into all the guys you talked about in the last one with the Drew Bakers and the Griff McGarry's and all these other options to go up and down, which you'll need, you'll need depth. But all of a sudden they have like, they have dudes, they've got depth, they got high end. Like it's a really well, well put together bullpen. You got three, four righties. You can count and you got three lefties. You can count on like, it's a, it's like a, a really – I can't get over it. I can't get over it. I'm like – it was the one thing I said at the end of last pod. I'm like, look, I feel really good about the starting pitching, assuming – we assume Painter is going to be a part of this later, and you think about that. And, and yeah, I could use a little more depth, but, you know, they're good there. We got something there. The lineup, we're going to feel amazing when Harper comes back. But I said to you, I'm like, I look at this bullpen, and I worry if they're just a guy or two short, like if they don't have that. And you and you made a great case for the youngsters and how that they can cycle guys in, and for the first time in a long time we have that. But then they just go out and trade for for a guy who is a difference maker and get an end. And, and I know a lot of people have talked about this, and it goes to the stat that Suspedes Barbecue put out there. But, like, the Phillies were able to fix Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado was in the minors last season and then became one of the best relievers in the sport for three months. Like, this is the exact and, – and, and, look, Soto has been way more consistent the last two seasons. I know he's got some control stuff, but way more consistent than Alvarado is. I mean, wh what's, the, what's the ceiling with this guy? If they can get him where they need him to be, I, I, I it's – it was a masterclass of a move. And again, no offense to the guys we gave up. Like, we love Matty V. Thank you for everything. Nikki Maton, you know, the, this fan base loved the guy. But I mean, they essentially gave up bench players to go get a guy who could be pitching like the eighth inning of the World Series for you, Jack. Like, that's the kind of trade they made. And that's what makes it so surprising to me. Because, like, if you're the Dodgers, why were you not more on this? If you're the, the, the Rays, in a way, and they know that a, a, a guy as talented as Gregory Soto is available, how are they not on it? And, and hey, maybe the Tigers value Nick Maton more than we do. And I think that if he played and look, every Dombrowski's day. relations probably mattered, too. They probably well, did. And they have well, the guy who was with the Tigers last year, Chad or whatever his name is. They had the inside information on the whole thing, all that. Like, that stuff matters, too. We know that. No, it does. Um, and and uh, Nebraska talked about that yesterday that he he, he had some 
help from from David Chad, I think his name is. Um, yeah. that that he had you know good scouting on these players. But even if you have that, if you're just looking at pure stuff, if you're just looking at the numbers, you're looking at the spin, you're looking at just the like if you're if you're one of these teams that has always had these super bullpens, the Astros, the the Dodgers, like these teams that we view as smart. You know, you, you let you let you let Dabrowski have a little master class for for Nick Mayton, Matt Veerling, you know, like how? How? Donnie Sands. I, mean, I don't know. How? I don't know. I think it's Maybe. crazy to me. So just inside baseball for everyone out there, when Jim Salisbury and Judge Jim had the scoop first, um, Jim tweeted out, you know, hearing a possible Gregory Soto trade or whatever he said to the Phillies or Phillies are in on Soto or whatever it was. Jack texted me Mick Abel. Like, that's what Jack thought we would probably have to give up to get a guy like Soto. And they gave up Matt Veerly and Maton and Donnie Sands. Like, we were ready to give up Nick, Mick freaking Abel for this guy, Jack. Yeah, and maybe that obviously that was an overreaction. In the overreaction, moment, but, but still the point being that I can't believe how much less than Mick Abel it was. Well, because... And my thought process was he has three years of control left. He's been a, a back-to-back all-star. Um, he has some of the best stuff in the sport. You know, those kind of guys just seem to go for they – they do. Like, it, it's not that – I just think those guys go for more than than what they gave up. Yep, and, absolutely. I mean, maybe – listen, um, Veerling, I, I can't see an everyday player. Mayton, I, I could see an everyday player. Um Donnie Sands like is probably a DH more than a catcher. Like, yeah, I think they got three major leaguers, but you're giving up a legitimate like you're giving up a a, a possible guy that can again. You mentioned it. He can pitch the eighth inning of the World Series. He can pitch the ninth inning of the World Series. Yeah, you know, um, he can pitch in these in these big moments because his stuff is that good. So I honestly just to hear more flabbergasted than anything that that's all they gave up when I when the whole narrative around the sport. Is oh the Dodgers have, have so much depth they can go get anyone, uh, Yankees, uh, you know these teams they they can just go get whoever they want because they have loads and loads of young talent. The Phillies were able to get it done for guys who aren't going to start next year. I mean, is it is it nice to have the the right handed platoon option with with Brandon Marsh if he struggles against lefties? I mean, yeah, he's like what a five nineteen OPS guy against lefties in his career, so hopefully he can figure that out. But like, dude, it's in a perfect world these guys never play. <laughs> Like, exactly. They're, they're bench world, they guys play. and they are replaceable. Like maybe you can't get the same a young player with the potential, the Matt, and not that it's the, through the roof, but the potential Matt Veerling has. But you can get someone to give you more or less what Matt Veerling would give you this year for cheap. Like that is not a super expensive guy to add to this team. And again, to your point, like, look, or like philosophically, if a team like the Tigers that is clearly not trying to compete this year is not ready to make the, the steps or whatever that the Phillies are and all that trading a, a controllable middle reliever for like a young bat who can turn into something is the right trade. It's the right trade. They just got the wrong guys. They just traded for guys who are like, I mean, what's feeling ceiling like a, 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 a the eighth hitter in your lineup, maybe and a, and a fine defensive player. Like what's Maton ceiling? Like maybe an everyday second baseman, like maybe, I don't know, probably not though. Like I, I just, and maybe Donnie Sands that it can hit, and they they are into that. Look, I I I think the idea of trading control believer for three bats and and if one of them hits, it was a great trade for the Tigers. I just don't think they got enough upside on these bats, and it's crazy to me. To your point, that one of these other teams who could absolutely love would love to have Gregory Soto in their bullpen wasn't willing to give something. And maybe again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Maybe the Tigers just really like these guys. Again, maybe Dombrowski's connections with the Tigers help help pump these guys up. Whatever, I don't know. But to, I, I was shocked, Jack. I was shocked that that was all they gave up for this.